0: Hello, this is the Final Shots podcast where we talk about sports, movies, and everything in between. I'm James and I'm Tara and welcome to today's show. So Tara, take it away with the movie session for today.
1: So, um, <laughs> we're risk of being the Twilight podcast. We have finished the whole series now, James. We
0: have indeed.
1: And, uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Has it changed from last week?
0: Well, firstly, I would like to say we will for sure not make this a Twilight podcast. <laughs> as oh, I wish it
1: was. I wish. It even was.
0: though maybe that will surprisingly give me a glimmer of joy, mm. such is my experience of the Twilight series. Um, so we watched the last three movies. Um,
1: Eclipse, Breaking Dawn Part One, Breaking Dawn Part Two.
0: Sorry, apologies. A
1: lot happened. A lot happened. A
0: lot has happened. Uh, happened and. Twilight can be many things, but it can give you a laugh for sure. (laughs) I've I've gone back and forth and I've decided that of the five movies, my favourite is Breaking Dawn Part One.
1: Bad choice?
0: Well, as I've heard, (laughs) apparently a lot of people don't like Breaking Dawn Part One, but I'll give you a few events that happened and you guys can tell me whether you think it was a a great movie or not.
1: Spoiler alert, everyone. (laughs) Yes, uh,
0: for those who haven't seen Twilight, go, go, you know, pause the podcast. Watch all five movies, and then jump back on. Okay. So, Breaking Dawn Part 1. Highlight. Bella is... She gets pregnant, so... Somehow. Somehow. So, can a vampire and a human make a baby together? Well, Twilight has answered that question. (laughs) It is a resounding yes.
1: But should they? Um, That CGI baby was the most terrifying thing I've ever seen.
0: That was an experience at all, but... (laughs)
1: It was better than the Chuck Esme though. Do you know the Chuck Esme? I've showed you the mechanical like doll that they were Oh, That, yes. oh, used that is terrifying. The CGI. It makes the CGI look great, you know. It makes so... Chucky look
0: cute. <laughs> but um, this movie highlights. So Bella gets pregnant, and it's a vampire baby. And what do vampires love, Tara? Blood. <laughs> they do indeed, and what's what's in a human body that is in bountiful supply? blood (laughs) yes so being pregnant with a vampire baby is a recipe for disaster Mm. so it so much so makes her essentially I guess anemic like she looks so thin and Mm. credit to Kristen Stewart who I I assume lost a lot of weight for this uh
2: Mm.
0: at least this part of the role um she she looks bone thin and there's a point where I think the baby just keeps getting bigger and bigger and she just snaps over Spine, essentially. Oh it gosh, was an scene. amazing scene. Horrifying. Twilight, <sighs> they say it's a, romant, a romantic uh, YA, series. It's YA, supernatural. <laughs> it's a horror.
1: It's
0: a bloody horror. I, th-
1: honestly, I think that's the genius of Twilight. Like, last last episode, we were talking about, you know, she broke up with Edward, and, you know, it was it was all this kind of melodramatic stuff. This stuff's just dramatic. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Like... Okay, James, we haven't talked about the best part though. Okay. (laughs) You you know what I mean, right?
0: Ah, yes. Are we talking about the Jacob situation? (laughs) So...
1: Oh, how did this get made?
0: So... Okay. So throughout the movie, Jacob has talked, or even m- movies before, mm. uh, they've mentioned this uh, phenomenon called I can't remember. Tara, imprinting. 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 Right.
1: Do Which, your research before Yes. Apologies. <laughs> uh,
0: Play the professional in the final shots podcast. <laughs> but imprinting essentially means the werewolf, wolf, man, take your pick, um, creates an incredible bond. Essentially, it's love there. Or also just I guess up for interpretation. Yeah. But in general it's who you I guess love the most and it is romantic charged.
1: Yeah, it's like a symbiosis, you know. Um like is is I would say kind of the inspiration in nature is like imprinting where um when like a, a goose has has gooselings. Goslings. <laughs> Ryan Goslings.
2: Ducks, maybe. I don't
1: know. <laughs> But basically, the, the baby ge- geese, um, when they're born, the first person they see, they think is their mother. So sometimes when you have like um, eggs that hatch without the, the mother geese, they imprint on the human that they're with. You see this in zoos all the time and things like that. So it's... Just, just to defend Stephanie Meyer just a little bit, I kind of get what she means in the fact that, you know, Jacob doesn't necessarily... Uh, uh, <laughs> You know, maybe it's like a fatherly connection with the baby. It's a little odd.
0: Later in the movies with this we find out obviously it's not, right? I mean considering the visions.
1: I mean, it starts off saying, you know, he could be a a brother, a lover it's just a lot of weird stuff when you're talking about a week old baby. Or like a day old baby. It was literally just born. Yes. And then they use that to explain why Jacob has loved Bella this whole time. It doesn't make sense.
0: So, unless this is Game of Thrones, love and baby... uh, Sorry, brother and lover should never be things <laughs> that are together. And so, for those who don't know what we're talking about, Jacob imprints on Bella, Bella's newborn baby. Renesmee.
1: Renesme. Also, James, I don't understand why you don't think that's a weird-ass name.
0: Renesmee is much better than EJ. Oh, EJ.
1: Oh, we EJ. Which
0: might be cutting ahead here, but EJ is the... <laughs> combination of Edward and Jacob and what does that mean so she named her own child between her two well one lover and a a try hard basically Jacob. <laughs> um, quite a weird name
1: if it had been a male baby but that also confused me because look Stephanie Meyer is willing to talk about weird ass re- like we talk about the weird relationships in Twilight so Edward, who's a hundred eight year old, um, marrying a seventeen year old, right? A I little weird, be. but like I guess they're both like physically children is still weird. Uh, Bella falling in love with a wolf. That's like bestiality. Bestiality.
0: She never falls in love with him though. So, <laughs> poor Jacob.
1: Um. Yeah. The 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 whole imprinting on a baby thing. That that's. Mm. Mm. Yet. I'm fairly sure if that baby would have been a boy, that would have been a no-no zone for Stephanie Meyer. (laughs) I don't don't think... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the Mormons think, but for some reason you have all these relationships and not a single gay one. So... Bit wild.
0: We've finished the last three movies. So if you watch that movie just on its own, I guess, I think you could argue with Jacob that because of, I guess, these... Even though it's not his baby. Let's make that straight, right? <laughs> the father definitely is Jake, uh, Edward. It's a vampire baby. But the uh, Jacob's crew, clan, were attacking the vampires, I guess, getting scared of what this baby might turn out to be. So, in a sense, Jacob was protecting this baby. So, you know, that's quite a, a noble act. Because, I guess, in printing, you can't really rub off. You can't just... Not in I guess. So you're forever bonded with this baby. So in that sense, maybe he was doing it to protect her.
1: But you keep saying this. It's not a choice. He didn't choose to imprint on the baby. I'm so confused by... I know,
0: but in that act of Bella means a lot to Jacob. So in that sense... He just wants Bella to be happy, so the best thing he could do is protect her baby. Hence, by imprinting him, I don't. But think he, he didn't
1: choose to. What are you talking about? You literally just said you can't choose it.
0: But subconsciously, <laughs> he just wants to do. That's how much he wants to impress Bella. That uh, he wants to protect. I
1: feel Bella. like you've you've taken the wrong point from this. But you know what? Fair enough. I Teach don't... their own. I think Twilight is is. Kind of like the Bible in the way that there can be many different interpretations.
0: Wow. Okay. Uh, So we've lost a (laughs) lot of moving
2: swiftly on.
1: (laughs) Um. To actually, before we do, just very quickly, because like we said, we don't want to spend too long, even though it is a masterpiece. The end of Twilight, the um, epic fight scene. Yes. Yay or nay? Yay. Hmm. Controversial.
0: So I guess what Tara is referring to there is there's a, so this is now Breaking Dawn part two. If you thought part one was great, now we're on to part two. So there is this, so Edward, you know, the Cullens create a mini army because they know the Van... Volturi. Volturi Mm -hmm. are coming to, I guess, fight them. Or that's what they're assuming, right? So they've got... Essentially, in the end, there's a fight scene between the Cullens, the werewolves and a lot of other pretty cool vampires with cool special powers and they fight the Veltori. What happens, though, is that it turns out that fight scene, after, you know, quite shocking, died. shocking deaths.
1: So many gas- people like, died. I definitely Seth. was
0: quite shocked. I was shocked. But it turns out that whole fight was a vision by alice wicked
1: wicked i never like it it's the worst choice ever and yet it's some like i can't think of an alternative that would have worked
0: so tara's told me how the book goes apparently in the book they have a conversation have a good day then they
2: just fuck off yeah fuck off basically
0: so i guess you wouldn't want that in a movie but having the battle as a vision is such a cop-out true such a cop out and it's inexcusable
1: and it never works apart from in twilight cuz look it's twilight it's <laughs> twilight like come on you've got a werewolf imprinting on a vampire human baby you can you can get get away with it you can get away with it uh but anyway <laughs> um i'm so glad you actually changed your mind and enjoyed the twilight series um and you know <laughs> Maybe we can do a rewatch sometime soon. I know that that would make me very happy. But uh, for a slightly more updated YA movie. Yes. Um we watched To All the Boys. Yes. I've Loved Before, Forever and Always Laura Jean something. It was a very long title. Um but the last one. And I cried the Trilogy. Oh
0: <laughs> I did not. Just to mm. pull it out there. Mm. So, what did you think about the movie? So, you you read the books? I read as all the books with Twilight. So I
1: don't really remember what happened themed. in the last book. If I'm honest, it's mm. the one I don't remember.
0: The movie or the book?
1: The the book. We just watched the movie. Right. My memory is not that okay. bad. <laughs> but um, I thought the movie was great. I think the first to all the boys movie was like nineties rom com done well. You know. Um. The second one was your typical love triangle, kind of overdone, whatever, but it's all right. This third one I loved. It just felt like realistic, you know? Like they kept making choices, and I kept thinking, oh, I didn't think they'd do that. And I'm so glad they did. You know, like, uh, spoiler alert, as usual. (laughs) But, you know, making the choice for her not to tell him about not getting into Stanford, I thought that'd last the whole movie. And it lasted a little while, but enough that I wasn't hating it. Enough that it still felt realistic, um, and I don't know, like the way their kind of relationship was, you know, on the rocks, it felt believable, you know. And I think that's kind of, I I feel like that's what the characters deserved. Like it deserved a good end. Like it was a good franchise. I liked it. How about you, James?
0: Yeah, I would say I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. It's on Netflix. Easy watch. Um... As what Tara said before, I think the pacing of the movie was quite good. So a lot of these decisions, so it was about telling her, uh, telling... What was the guy's name again? The boyfriend? Oh, putting Tara (laughs) on the spot here. You know
1: how I just said I didn't forget a movie we just watched? Lara Jean and Peter Kavinsky. Cool. Peter Kavinsky.
0: So... (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> lj needed to lara jean needed to tell peter about not getting to stanford and i think in many movies i think they would have dragged it on for an hour her just constantly avoiding him um wanting to bring it up but for some reason always you know i guess something happens but in this movie i think they timed it perfectly when she told him and then afterwards so then what Peter decides is, you know, he reacted very well. He decided, well, you know, you can go to, uh, a a university nearby and then transfer to Stanford. Cause they both wanted to go to Stanford. That was the, that's what the impression we had. Right. Um, but Laura Jean's sister said, honestly, I think you'd love NYU. And she, she thought there was no issue like New York, but, they had a school trip, and where did they go? Oh, conveniently, they went to New York City, and she fell in love with New York, and that, and then she decided. So the nearby university uh, near Stanford was only an hour drive, so you know, not really even long distance, right? New York to Stanford is what about? I think it was a day yeah. and a half drive. <laughs> So that is pretty long distance, I would say. Yeah,
1: and the time difference really affects relationships exactly. as well. So,
0: So then she had a second crushing uh, news she had to tell Peter. And that also was timed well. I think they made it so we weren't just waiting for the reveal mm-hmm. and actually made you still be emotionally invested with the character instead of just like waiting and just like, come on, just say, tell totally, him, like, yeah. what are you doing? Um, and I think it was just a really nice movie displaying how long distance or the situation of uh, high school sweethearts, the problems they face when, you know, America's so big, specifically America, um, how how couples can and cannot deal with long-term distances.
1: So on, I think it was Saturday, we watched All the Boys. Yes. And then on Sunday... We binged the whole first season of The Boys. The Boys. A very the rom- boys.
0: So this essay was Valentine's Day. <laughs> so a, a very romantic a series to watch for. I
1: love a bit of Valentine's Blood and Day. Gore. It's so good. Oh, what a series. I can't wait for season two. What were your what were your initial thoughts?
0: So Tara actually knew about this series because she watched a YouTube video about
1: the laser baby, the Michael Reeves, how to build a laser yes. baby. I love Michael Reeves.
0: <laughs> so she showed me the trailer and it looked great. It mm. looked awesome. Um, but I forgot about it. So what you know, just from now on, there's gonna be spoilers whatever we <laughs> talk about. So the very first scene of the show, you see a guy, you know, a bit passive, not very confident with his girlfriend. They talk about, should we get dinner? Uh Then they walk slightly a bit off the pavement and bang! The girlfriend dies. She gets run over by one of the superheroes. So the premise of the show... By run
1: over, he literally means run over. He runs Runs through through her. her. (laughs) Not even over, right?
0: Um, The premise of the show is there's a group of superheroes um, and they're in this civilization, And that's just quite interesting take of how... As essentially they're viewing the superheroes as a company mm. and viewing it how how you'd approach this in the real world of like marketing how the like politicians would use these super beings in their i guess campaign to get whatever position they want right and that is actually my favorite part of the show which it looks into how the superheroes are used as pawns in a sense and also superheroes if they were in real life they'll be bloody dick
1: (laughs) exactly it's like how fame and power just corrupts you know you give these people like literally the most powerful beings on earth and then you expect them not to be assholes like you know i mean it's just so realistic because you know that people in our our world celebrities and, and famous people when you do have power not everyone but it does have that power to corrupt. Um, and I think it does such a good job of it. Especially kind of also seeing it through the eyes of Starlight, uh, who is one of the superheroes. But she's she's new and she's not yet. Yeah. Um, Naive. Exactly. She doesn't understand the uh, the sad realism of what is actually happening and how most of it's just fake. Um, but yeah, what a great show. Yes, it is, it is
0: uh, 15 plus, so all oh, 18 in well, some of them there is a lot of blood there is a lot of blood <laughs>
1: right. oh it's wicked though
0: <laughs> it is awesome it's awesome and it is just a mockery of the justice league basically avengers justice league but justice league because there is a superman figure who is not not a superman let's be honest right he's, he's but a bit he boy.
1: plays it so well
0: He's weird. He's
1: really, really weird. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, no, he is we really weird. There's there's some weird relationships in there, but also he was like raised in a lab, yeah. like you know. I mean, not not trying to sympathize with his character. He's awful, but yeah, weird as hell. Um, yeah, so that's kind of all the all the things we've been watching uh, in the kind of movie industry news. Uh, I think it would kind of be weird not to talk about the Joss Whedon news. Yes, of course. Uh, which, not gonna lie, I'm really, really just disappointed in. Um, like, I mean, I guess kind of like we were saying, a lot of these people, in especially in the film industry, when you've got that kind of power over people, most people that I look up to, are probably assholes, Uh, it's just kind of sad to see it kind of confirmed. You know, Joss Whedon's made like a lot of my favourite things, you know, like Buffy, um, Firefly, Doctor Horrible, Doll's House, um, The Avengers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I mean, yeah, for people who don't know, um, a lot of cast members have come out and just kind of said that he's created a very toxic environment Um, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just a shame. Like, Charisma Carpenter from Buffy, basically, when she was pregnant, um, he said some really horrible stuff to her, you know, indicating maybe she should, like, get get rid of the baby, things like that, things that should never be said. And also, this is not just like a, oh, you know, Buffy was ages ago, this seems like a pattern of just bullying and toxic environments um but yeah as much as i would bring up just to you know because i think it'd be weird not to i just want to say like i'm really glad that like we're not you know past cancelling people for these reasons I i feel like if this stuff had come up like a few years ago people would be like oh what's what's the big deal you know um yeah and I say canceling like is cancel culture doesn't exist like I'm sure people forget about this, sadly, um, but I just think it's you know especially you know in these kind of roles, it's very easy to be like oh that's just that's just the way it is that's just the way the industry is that's just you know these people just need to put up with it, um, but no no one needs to put up with any of that ever you know, um, yeah it's like with uh, with Ellen, with people coming out against Ellen. Um, and saying, you know, basically she was a bully. Um, yeah. I don't know, what, what are your thoughts?
0: I think, I mean, like we were talking about the boys, um, even if you got power, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be a dick, really. Um, and it's sad that so many people who have, you know, quite a privileged position, they like abuse that power. And in, in those situations as well for, I guess, their you know, people they hire, or even just work colleagues, it doesn't have to be, they are above them in the position, it's sad that people, I guess, thrive on feeling like they're more superior over someone, which is just, just like, as a human being, why would you, why would you, why would that make you happy, to make someone feel so small, Um, in a more sort of, you know, because these people obviously want to be successful, right, and if they want to, at least in Josh Whedon's we- uh, case where you want your product, the show or movie to be the best thing it can be. You'd want an environment to be as positive as possible, mm-hmm. not to sort of scare them into working hard. Like I feel lots of people would tell you that those taxes don't work. Exactly. It would just either get them like, they'll either go down a rabbit hole and just their performance would get even worse. And then this, this spirals cause then, they'll like keep shouting at you or you know they'll just have a mental breakdown which like obviously we're in a lockdown where mental health is a very big issue now of you know just trying to stay sane like you know finding stuff to do but yeah it's it's just been it's just hard seeing people who you would look up to Mm. and just to see how they mistreat people which is just whatever how much money how much power you can't treat people wrong yeah. and that's been sadly a common theme between a lot of people in recently in the industry
1: yeah it's not okay yeah okay so <laughs> on that light note <laughs> well you know i guess i guess what i will say is you know hopefully this is a sign that things will get better and things will change yeah. and people realize yeah, it's that's not normal that's not the usual behaviour, and it shouldn't be. Uh, because also, there's plenty of people who, you know, treat their colleagues well and treat the people they work with well, and make great stuff, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, not a lot of people, but yeah, you know, there's plenty of people saying, you know, oh, he's an artist, whatever, it's, it's nothing is worth, you know, doing harm to others, really. um. But yeah, hopefully, this is the mark of change, and for us valuing kind of good people more than powerful people in a way.
0: Yeah, I do agree of that. It's good these new stories are coming out and they're not staying hidden, which is very easy for it to be just, you pull under the rug and no one will report it. But I'm glad we are learning more about these situations so that even more people can step forward and then we can just take away these toxic work environments, which is not good for anyone, whatever industry, whether it's the movie industry or even just whatever, your nine to five job.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I really don't know much about this in the sports world. I'm sure the sports world is toxic as hell. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how much you know about that stuff, but.
0: Well, what I would say is. Jose Mourinho, if we want to pull a name out there, he is known to be quite uh, confrontational to his players, but in a way to create reactions. So I think in the football world and especially, you know, men's football, I guess there's this sort of notion of the manager trying to be like a a tough, a tough dad or something Mm. like really trying to push it. But um, so I guess Jose Mourinho would publicly call out his players, for example, which I guess in a normal situation, you'd say is a bad thing. And honestly, I don't agree with that tactic, but at the same time, these texts can work in a sense of they do push a player to work harder but I would I would argue that if you gave them a bit more love Mm. um that will probably help those type of situations better Yeah. even if there are some cases where if you push someone hard they do the well I think most people will not respond to such criticism especially in that such with these type of things as well as in the public eye at least in football where If a manager calls your name out, you are, especially in the social media world, you're instantly trending, everyone's talking about you. And then that does filter back to you, even if they don't check uh, social media, even friends and family will talk to them about it. And it's just, it's hard to escape these uh, environments, especially with social media out there.
1: Yeah. And I think it's the same with films and football and other sports and things like that. It's the kind of, oh, that's the status quo. That's the norm you know um and i hope that changes we'll see but you know i think we we recently actually watched a um a film called Tigers by Ronnie Sandal um which looked at mental health in sport i think that was yeah. so interesting yeah um and yeah i mean I, I don't really know too much about that side of sport or any side of sport as our regular listeners <laughs> will know um but you know i i i, I just hope that's, you know, toxic environments start to be broken down. Um, and we, we get a better workplace for everyone, you know, cause at the end of the day, these are still people's jobs, you know, like we, we act but like because they're these stars, they don't deserve the same kind of safe and healthy workplaces as we all do, you know, in a, in a way we're like, Oh, you know, but you know, they are, they earn this much money. Uh, Oh, they're famous. They, you know. They should be able to put up with the pressure they have like obligations which yeah a little bit but also like no one deserves to be made to feel like shit you know yeah um but yeah speaking of the premier league
0: (laughs) yes so let's have a roundup of the premier league um i would say you know everyone who's following the premier league four weeks ago the premier league was looking so exciting there were like four to five teams Man City, Man United, Leicester, Chelsea, Liverpool. Maybe not Chelsea, but uh, we're looking like... Arsenal? We don't speak of (laughs) Arsenal
2: in this podcast. Um,
0: Looking like they had a chance for the title. It was looking really close. But now, today on the 15th of February, Man City are seven points clear. Their nearest rivals, Man United of all teams, um, with a game in hand. So, you know, let's just say they win their game. They're at least would say ten points ahead of any team. Looking like a Man City title, um, comfortably as well. Their their rival, Liverpool, who many would say are, you know, Man City, Liverpool are the two best teams in the league, are down in six right now. That's after West Ham winning today. West Ham are in front of Liverpool, guys. This is this has been an amazing season. Um,
1: <laughs> did you just say it's been quite boring. <laughs>
0: Well well that's what I'm getting to. It's been some it's been a very unpredictable season. Um but now looking at the table, like I said, Man City are essentially at least seven points clear. Honestly, they've won the title, so we already know who's gonna win, and we've got what, fifteen games more? And then if we're looking at relegation, Fulham, who are in eighteenth, are Seven points behind, uh, 17th place Newcastle. Sure, Fulham have played one game less, but West Brom, Sheffield United look like they're down. So maybe there's one position uh, still to fight for relegation, but Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United look like they're going down. Um, With West Brom, Sheffield United being... Oh no, sorry. With uh, Fulham and West Brom being two of the three promoted clubs. So to us, the important... The important positions are essentially decided. Who's going down? Who's going to win the league? Top four is looking very interesting. Um, Will Liverpool make top four? If you asked anyone at the start of the season, Liverpool won't make top four, no one would have taken that bet. But right now they're six, behind West Ham, Chelsea, uh, Leicester, Man United, Man City. Why is this? Well, Liverpool have lost three games in a row essentially
1: and they've been brutal games as well yeah but why like is is there a change in management like it's morale (laughs) it's covid (laughs) well are the good players still there why are they so shit
0: so for the liverpool i don't want to give them excuses but and this is so it's very hard to decide how covid has impacted sports in general i think that unpredictable uh, how unpredictable the premier league has been is because of covid the mm. Sh- such a short turnaround football players as you know like you mentioned before in regards to mental health but sure they earn a lot of money but they do need a break as well and mm. because of covid and you know because of the higher ups wanting to make us or make up because they have lost money um as much money as possible they've been playing so many games, you know, maybe twice a week, you know, um, that fatigue and injuries have been a big part. And for Liverpool, they've lost their potentially most important piece in Van Dyke. He was, you know, very early in the season, out for the. He's he's out for the rest of the season, and then they've had lots of injuries to Fabinho, um, Matip, who I think's out for the rest of the season. Gomez is out for, I don't know how long as well. Essentially, Liverpool have had a lot of injuries in defence, and we're not trying to give any excuses for them, but they have been hit with injuries. At the same, and they've conceded a lot of goals in the last three games. So, will they make the top four? I probably would say yes, but and there are reasons to why they've dropped off because of injuries. But yeah, I think COVID has definitely hit football a lot, at least physically on players um sure they're making a lot of money that's not you know that's not put 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 against football players but they are definitely fatigued and tired and the physical well-being definitely needs to be taken into account for the future of these players right mm. um but man city going to win <laughs> to most yeah is the premier league is it going to finish a boring uh last 15 games who knows hasn't but... it
1: always been boring
0: <laughs> it has not
1: do you know what boring. is interesting and maybe you can tell me maybe i'm wrong the national league the fifth tier is looking quite interesting right
0: yes it, it is looking quite interesting
1: <laughs> especially um especially with the, the news this week of uh the new owners of Wrexham. Wrexham being in the fifth league right <laughs> oh no the fifth tier
0: of English football yes, yes
1: the fifth tier the Welsh team Wrexham um I honestly have never heard of them <laughs> in my life um have you
0: I mean... I've I've heard them I've watched a few games for them. oh okay I've are they good worked. um well you just said the fifth league in the fifth they, tier they
1: are the oh, third oldest English. club oh, yeah, in the world that is pretty amazing
0: wow I I didn't know that. Yep,
1: which is probably why Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> and Robert McCall Henny, bloody hell, I'm Irish and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a traitor to my race, McCalleney, Uh the guy from I'm from Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool have bought Wrexham, which is. I guess a shock. Not much of a shock. They planned it last year, but it, it was confirmed <laughs> this week or last week. Uh, thoughts? Why?
0: Um, <laughs> clearly celebrities can get bored of COVID too. Right?
1: <laughs> it's funny. that they, they, they say they're not even that into football anyway. I think it's just, you know, I mean, they were saying, let's try something new. And,
2: uh, clearly it's new it. for them,
1: I'd say. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, there was kind of uh, thoughts of, um, maybe they want to make a documentary about it which I, I think could be kind of cool considering how old the club is And sure. I do love an underdog story honestly I don't want to hear about the Premier League teams I want to hear about Freaking tier! Like, <laughs> what is happening there? You know, you can't, you can't have someone betting on a pucker pie in Premier League. I'll tell you about that. I mean, was that Premier League?
0: Uh, that was the FA Cup. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
1: I mean, it's still higher than I thought it would be. That was insane. Yes. I don't know how many years old that is, but you know, um, yeah. So that is that is some news, and also some really good news. I would say, um, Ryan. And uh, Robert, as we are on first-time net names, <laughs> as I cannot pronounce his surname. Uh, yeah, Ryan and Rob um, have decided to um, pay back the furlough for the staff. Oh, wow. So, yeah, last year, back in March, um, they decided to to get furlough, obviously, as, as most places have done, but only take 80% salary um, to, as kind of a sacrifice for the football club to ensure it kept going. Um, and, I mean, this is such a like a nice news story because, you know, their sacrifice has paid off and their dedication to the team has paid off and uh, they are now going to get the money that they lost over the last year back.
0: That's awesome. Which that is great news. Which is greatness. great news,
1: yeah. And, I mean, I hope we maybe see it in other clubs. But, for now, good, good on you guys. Thanks, Rob and Ryan. <laughs> Come on the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know their mascot, but surely they have to change to Deadpool now, right? <laughs>
1: Oh, Rex with a freaking <laughs> Deadpool logo. Or, like, Deadpool as their mascot, you know, oh, come on yes. the picture half-time. Oh, my God. And, like, half the time, it's, like, a random guy, half the time, it's Ryan Reynolds. Wow,
0: that would be amazing. <laughs> it would be very sweaty. Though.
1: Actually, I'm not sure if Ryan would want to come on our podcast. Oh. Because my hot cake of the week, our new section. <laughs> Deadpool was good kick-ass did it better
0: I haven't seen both movies recently enough mm-hmm. however I would say Deadpool was a lot funnier was a lot mm,
1: funnier I don't know i um, sorry Ryan I feel like it was trying too hard
0: I think maybe you didn't get Deadpool, then, because the performance <laughs> I alone I loved it. I Ryan loved it. Reynolds...
1: That's the thing. Deadpool? Uh, Ryan Reynolds, amazing.
0: But Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool.
1: Exactly. You can't have a whole movie franchise on one person. Kick-Ass? kick was good. Hit-Girl was amazing. The other people were great. It takes a team, you know? Deadpool was brilliant. Um, the Shaved Head Girl, cool, whatever... The the big guy cool whatever. Like i I d I don't even remember who they are.
0: Okay. What I would say is okay, so both movies are kind of try to sort of instill this sort of uh what are they called? Vigilante type. I I wouldn't say Deadpool's a vigilante, but you know, they're not the Supermans of the world. They're not like Boy Scouts like Captain America. Mm. I think Kick Ass was a nice stepping stone for what is Deadpool elevating that uh I mean Breaking the fourth wall, uh, rude, um, just funny type of superhero that kick ass showed us elements of it, whilst Deadpool perfected what was this craft of funny superheroes.
1: I think I think funny elements, maybe Deadpool wins.
0: Hundred percent. I don't know. I
1: don't know. But yeah, I will. I will give you that. I just think the heart of the movie. It's kick-ass. Like, kick-ass is funny. It's also, like, almost made me cry. You know what I mean? Like, with the whole um, hit girl and Nicolas Cage, can't remember his actual name, but Nicolas Cage, with this... I mean Nicolas Cage was great in that movie. That that was a good Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> um, but, like, there was just so much, like, story in it. And at the end of the day, it was just a kid with no, absolutely no power, just getting beaten the shit out of, which is funny as fuck like i don't know and and honestly hit girl did carry that movie but deadpool carried deadpool so like and also aaron taylor johnson <laughs> you know and it's just three words okay we, you, we, you win it in three words
0: i think we clearly see why kick <laughs> might be someone's favorite here
1: um aaron come on the show <laughs> <laughs> uh i guess agree to disagree uh
0: well i I'll wait for you to agree with me, but that's mm, fine.
1: Disagree, disagree. Look, you know what? Rewatch it. We'll come back on the pod and we'll discuss it.
0: I would love to, just to see whether you would know, would you think Deadpool or Kick-Ass has the higher IMDb rating? Probably Deadpool. You would be correct in yeah,
1: that. Yeah, that's because people are trash. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can't say no to Ryan Reynolds. I get it. He's great.
0: I just think... As a
1: story, like, Deadpool, his wife died or something, um, and then he's really funny and really cool, and I don't remember anything else that fucking happens.
0: I think they're kind of aiming for different things. If you want a comedy, Deadpool wins hands down, and that's it, really. Um,
1: I don't know.
0: I really do think.
1: I mean... I mean, I, I don't even know what our swearing tolerance is on this podcast.
0: But I think we can... Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll
1: beef it, but a fucking 11-year-old girl saying the word cunt is funny as fuck. <laughs> and I was like 12 when I watched that movie. It was great. It was I wanted to be it hit girl.
0: I... F- I think Deadpool will... If you watched it now... You'd find Deadpool funnier. Maybe as a kid, Kick-Ass might have seemed funny. I don't even remember Kick-Ass being that funny. Yeah, look, funny, tell we you can't have
1: this argument when we haven't seen it. That instantly. is fair enough. So that's a hot take for another day.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <Yeah. laughs> Table look, we'll come back to it. <laughs> but um, although you're wrong about that, why are you writing your fantasy picks of this week, James?
0: That is a very good question. Uh often it's not, and <laughs> last week, you know we were on a podcast where Ollie Watkins scored for me, so you know got a good point he got nine points for me, and I got a very nice seventy three points nice, but I was extremely frustrated
2: mm-hmm.
0: Why was that I got seventy three points sure, but I had twenty. Let me count this up. 29 points on the bench. Between three players, I had 28 points. But
1: you still got 73 points, James. But that's not how
0: it works. <laughs> if I've missed out on 28 points, where one of my players, who I started, had a red card. So what did it give me? A big, fat zero. It could have been a 100-point week, but yet yeah, it was not. But let's move on to this week. Currently, uh, the game... So there's a game that just finished chelsea beat newcastle 2-0 um so well done to Tuchel, their new manager <laughs>
1: uh
0: Tuchel. Tuchel. that's, his, that's uh... a
1: great name yes is, is how new is he
0: he well frank lampard got fired maybe 2 weeks ago oh
1: oh i mean that's a name i know i can't remember his first name why did he get fired
0: Tuchel. uh because chelsea were rubbish
1: oh fat basically fair. sorry lampard um, Bye
0: bye. Lampard did great last season, but they spent about you know just a little bit of maybe one hundred fifty million, oh. um, close to two hundred, I think. And if anything, they got like their team didn't feel as good as last year. So Lampard had to go, but you know he hasn't got that much experience. But anyway, more back to more important things: fantasy team this this so currently is a double game week as i mentioned last week and i'm not i'm just going to cut to the chase i'm currently on 97 points a fantastic week i cannot hide my elation by... <laughs>
1: you sound you sound over the moon and <laughs> it's
0: looking like i'm at least getting three more points which will cap it off as 100
1: not i too can't bad. really
0: complain too much um I think that's a great way to end the fantasy Me <laughs> Oh Me being my happy gosh, yeah. is a very rare thing in this frustrating rating <laughs> game. So come back for next week, and I'm sure I'll be ripping my hair out. Let's but hope.
1: I mean, no. Until then,
0: <laughs> I will cherish this hundred three digit score.
1: <laughs> very, very nice, James. Very, very nice. You know what? Next week, bring it on.
0: Hey. <laughs> oh. Speak it off. Speaking Speak it of. off. <laughs> Very as so
1: uh, as our regular listeners will know our last sports film of the week that we wanted to watch and then feedback about was
0: the comedy sports show bring it on
1: yes the cheerleading movie from the 2000s
0: six out of ten imdb
1: um unfair <laughs> uh... <laughs> what do you think
0: So I was going in, you know, not much expectations as the 6 out of 10 IMDb. I did not know this rating. I think sometimes knowing a rating, actually, you know what I I would like to say, and I don't know whether you would agree with me, Tara. Knowing a low rating for a movie actually, I think helps because you go in thinking it's going to be a rubbish movie. So I think it gives you a sense of freedom to enjoy this rubbish movie. And then you see great elements. Whilst if you find out a movies, let's say, 8.9 rated, maybe I just deal poorly with expectation, Mm. but I think I can often be disappointed. What do you think?
1: I think you, in particular, are someone who really gets hyped up for movies, and if it doesn't live up, you're not happy.
0: I think I would agree with that, but... I would say there's so much good content out in there in the world that you do need a, a, a site or metric you can trust to decide whether you want to watch something because there's so much out there you're not going to watch it all. So IMDb I think is one of the more reliable uh, mm-hmm. scores out there. For example, Rotten Tomatoes, um, is something I don't really look at because if that if people enjoy it, it's going to get a high sort of ninety eight. rating it doesn't really give me much on the quality yeah
1: it's not specific enough it's just Um, yes or no with Rotten Tomatoes but I will say there's an element of if you like something you like something like bring it on what was that six point something right six I think (laughs) if you saw that you would have watched it and did you like the movie
0: I thoroughly enjoyed it there you go so sometimes
1: you just need to go for it but what what, so what did what did you think of the movie in general yeah
0: so it's a uh, a movie about Cheerleaders essentially, and about this girl who's in, I think, her final year of uh high school.
1: Torrance. <laughs> what a name is Torrance? The cousin dance, brilliant.
0: And we find out that so their their school is like the reigning five time well or regional champion of cheerleading.
1: Yeah, with the shit football team. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it turns out that their routine was stolen. Mm. One of their, I guess, the cap the former captain uh stole the the routine. Uh, Brr,
1: it's cold in here. <laughs> it must be some clovers in the atmosphere <laughs> with uh Gabrielle Union.
0: Yes. And so then so the movie's about these two uh cheerleading teams or schools, um, where they're deciding who's the best basically. And what I really liked about this movie was go straight to the end <laughs> is the main school didn't win, mm. and that was the correct decision. I think for the pitch perfect fans out there, if you watched that movie and decided that the trumpets the the trouble
1: troublemakers the
0: troublemakers <laughs> didn't have a better song than the
1: <laughs> oh I don't know. The, the gals.
0: The gals. Um, you would be wrong. You would be wrong. And in this movie.
1: The Clovers.
0: The Clovers smashed were. Smashed it. Incredible. The, by far the best team. And they won. They were deserving winners. Mm. And I really like that. In these movies, I think. You think you can predict one thing. You'd be like, okay, you know, they're gonna. they str- So they have their beginning struggle of. They can't find their identity because someone stole their routine. Oh, they've been working so hard. They've been working so hard for these two weeks when normally it takes maybe, what, three months, four months, Mm. and they're going to win the championship. But no, they were realistic. They got second place, which is a great achievement. Yeah. And the deserving winners won.
1: And I think the tropes it did, like, kind of fall into, the whole kind of cool Eliza Dushku (laughs) actually coming on the team and then falling in love with the geeky... um, Cliff? Was it named Cliff? Cliff and Torrance, yeah, wow. Um, (laughs) It did it so well, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes, yeah, these tropes are annoying because they happen again and again. But if it's done right, 2000s style, like, you gotta love it. Very (gasps) 2000s, maybe. That, um, my favorite scenes, probably, Uh, the tryout scene. Yep. Brilliant. Um, Speaking of Pitch Perfect, really remind me of Pitch Perfect. And, you know, like, I don't. I don't think copying is a bad thing. Although maybe this taught us that it is a bad <laughs> thing. But you know, I, I. You know. Obviously, things get inspiration from other things. But both pitch perfect and bring it on, those uh, audition scenes are brilliant. Um, and then the, a scene I don't think anyone has ripped off. I have not seen it because it is so weird, but wonderful. What's well, the toothbrushing scene? Oh, no yeah. words, just teeth. <laughs> And you know tension, it was wicked.
0: Yeah, and I think my favorite part was the Clovers' final performance, which, as I said, deserving winners.
1: And how about the uh, hey Mickey, hey hey hey, hey Mickey. Mickey? I mean, what an end scene! Awesome. What an end scene! You know, they say Marvel does end of credit scenes well, but <laughs> they did not work for it. On I tell you,
0: maybe that was the origin of the uh, end of credit scenes.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Let's pick our next film to talk about.
0: Yes, please. Um, I picked last week, so...
1: I picked last week? What is wrong with your memory? I'm sure I... I'm fairly sure I yes, picked last right, week. Yes, you're right. You randomised it.
0: Well, I guess it's me this I guess
1: it's you. What have we got today?
0: Okay. So next week, or oh, for the next podcast, we'll be watching A League of Their Own.
1: A League of Their Own. Oh, I'm excited for this one. Do you know much about it?
0: I have never heard of it.
1: I think, I could be wrong, this is um, the film about the female um, players. It's hard when you Google it because obviously it's all just the TV show. Uh, Yeah, A League of Their Own. Dottie and Kit are drafted into a professional baseball league along with several other women. However, things take a turn when Jimmy, an alcoholic and a former star, is forced to manage them. So, yeah, I'm excited for that.
0: Another a, a 90s uh, movie. So, got to love that. all
1: girls sport. Well, actually, sorry, cheerleading wasn't an all girls sport. That was very sexy. We've got Tom man. Hanks. We've got them all. we got Madonna. Them all. Madonna. Madonna?
0: <laughs> yeah. We're <laughs> I mean, talking about the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> And a 7.3 rating, so I think a a reasonable rating for this type of movie, so I am looking forward to it.
1: Okay, cannot wait. Speaking of uh, people who are in a league of their own, oh. uh, we're coming on to our top creators of this week. Yes. Uh, and Trin Lavelle just smashed it, honestly. I mean, not just this week, I've just been watching a ton of her videos, but she's another commentary... Uh, YouTuber, which I've just been... I've really been enjoying these days. I don't know what it's about, you know, watching something and then watch someone else talk about something. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe that's what our listeners love as well. so <laughs> I hope so. Uh, <laughs> but she actually made... If anyone's interested, she actually made a video on Bring It On uh, from the perspective of her, who... She was doing cheerleading since she was about six years old. Oh. Uh, so it's kind of like talk about the movie but also like criticizing it from a cheerleading point of view um which i think it scored quite high on i think they did they did all right um but yeah she also made some great twilight videos which we watched um which anyone talking about twilight i just again like james what do you think of making this the twilight podcast because i'm not against it
0: Breaking Dawn Part 1 made me very tempted. (laughs) But then Breaking Dawn Dawn Part 2 ends this discussion. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) I think we can uh, let it be a vision.
1: Oh, um... oh, he did it, he did it. (laughs) How about you, James? Who's your top, well, top content of the week?
0: Yeah, so normally I'll give great, well, hopefully great suggestions Uh, should you want to get into sport a bit more or just want other sports podcasts, but... This Saturday, I was meant to be doing um, my coursework, but I (laughs) found myself in a YouTube rabbit hole, as one does. And I was re-watching, as I've watched them before, I was watching The Pizza Show. And The Pizza Show is uh, a show about pizza. It's really not that, (laughs) you know, (laughs) difficult. It's
1: making me hungry already just talking about it. Exactly.
0: So it's, uh, the host is Frank Pinello. And what he does is he goes to different parts of America to talk about the different sort of styles, like so New York, uh Detroit, etc. And then in season two, I don't know if it's exclusively, but he goes all across Italy to, you know, compare, I guess, Roman pizza, so a bit thinner, mm. a bit crisper. Oh, stop. Uh <laughs> Neapolitan, the classic. Um and honestly, it's just a good excuse to watch pizza and then ultimately eat pizza. It's a great it's a nice background show is what mm. I would say and which is why my coursework is still yet to be finished.
1: <laughs> so. Well good luck with your coursework James. I <laughs> thank think you. maybe I will
0: need
1: it. maybe after this podcast order a pizza.
0: <laughs> well now you've said it. To, we have to right now.
1: <laughs> well I guess that ends today's podcast. So thank yes. you all for listening.
0: Have a good day and uh final shots.
1: Thank you for listening.